You're listening to the Pine Mountain Outdoors podcast where we cover hunting and fishing right in the heart of the Appalachian Mountains. You'll hear stories and real talk from hunters and fishermen both past and present. Thanks for joining us and if you enjoy listening head on over to Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube and give Pine Mountain Outdoors a follow. All right, welcome. Been a while. Back in action. So, got Will. What's up? The uh, Mountain Buck Slayer. <laughs> Cody. What's up, guys? And uh, it's been over a month. Well, our last podcast was in Ohio. Yeah. With old Flop. And uh, anyhow, not much has changed except Will's only once killed a deer. Finally. Man, I tell you, it was a pure adventure. Well, that's what we'll start off with, Will. Well, let's not start off with that. We'll go work up to that. <laughs> All right. I need that to be the, the high point. Yeah, I need that to be the high point of the episode. The podcast pinnacle. Um, before we start, though, we're going to get into the, uh, oh, I got it. It's going to be the Pine Mountain Outdoors cooled version. So, old Bear Grease has got the rendered. We, <laughs> the we're, cool. we're going cool because there's been. <laughs> mean, the I know. I don't know. I don't know if Cody's listened to it or not, but there's a podcast, the three part series on Operation Redbud. Have you listened to it? On oh Bear man, Grease? you're missing out. Yeah, it's so great. We're going to cover it's a great. little bit about that. We're, today. Yeah, we're just and going, they released we're just going to ruin part of it for you, but it's all right. They released a su- <clears throat> surprise. A super duper surprise episode today. Yeah, it was awesome. And apparently that was put together like in the last two weeks. Yeah, he said he just got on a plane and flew out there. Yeah, like between emails and phone calls, that was put together in just a matter of days, essentially. So, but that's um, that's what we're looking at. If you can't tell, we're giant bear grease fans here at yes. High Mountain Outdoors. One hundred percent. And I'm a big fan of Gary Newcomb Believer. Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, and I oh pro tips too. So I've got we're gonna go over a couple of pro tips. I picked up one from him that's it's pretty money. Oh yeah, yeah. And if you listen close in that last one of those rendered episodes, you'd the, have picked it up. The too. Vietnam wreck render, maybe uh, that was the most recent render. Nah, it's the one where I don't listen son, to as many son, as the render. His son, his son killed that bear while he was in Alaska moose hunting. Seems like I listened to that one. I don't know. Oh. Anyway. Let's, let's get to the pro tip. Oh, pro tip. This is awesome. <laughs> so <laughs> You know, I forgot that fast. Listen. <laughs> so I never thought about this. Wonderful idea. Yeah. So he tells, so apparently Clay Newcomb is not a big scent control guy. I think he just like the wind or whatever. I get, But I think you can do some to help yourself. Probably some. So his boy is hunting this bear. And he's like, he goes out and hunts it, and he said the bear comes out, it just never comes in range. Yeah. And his papa, Gary Believer Newcomb, who is the man. The man. In the podcast. He needs his own. He but, has an awesome radio voice. Yes. And um, there we go. He's, um, he tells him, he says, is Clay's son named Bear? His name's Bear, That's yeah. right. He says, you need to take this, you know, does all the scent stuff like wear yes to the stand, put your stuff on there, spray down. But this is a pro tip. Take your bottle 
of your daggone spray with you. Yeah. And he says he just sprays it up in the air every 15, 20 minutes. Really? Yeah, it just kills every. I was like, what? I've never thought about that. You know that. what that is? You know, that's a redneck's ozonics. Yes. That's exactly what that is. The yeah. poor man's call, ozonics. That's, uh, yeah, I like that. <laughs> that's but, uh, that's so, pretty awesome. So I was thinking about it <clears throat> the other day when I went up to uh, hunt that buck that's been uh, giving you the slip, harassed by by dogs ever since I've been hunting. <clears throat> it. And I was like, "Well, I'm gonna take some of that dead down wind. It's the fresh air. It smells like dirt, you know. Yeah. And deer naturally attracted to the smell of dirt, anyhow. Yes. So I was like, "Well." I'll go up here and do it, you know. So I was hitting it every 15, 20 minutes, just a couple sprays. And uh, son of a gun, those, like I said, those two does came over there and went right underneath my stand, right down wind from me. I mean, wind was blowing right at them. <laughs> and they just looked around for a little bit and nothing. They didn't wind me or nothing, man. Oh, and uh, I said, well, I think I found me a, a good pro tip here. So I was going to share it. That's actually number uh we're going to mark that one pretty high. It's, it's in the 2000s, 2018, Whoa. I think. Whoa. So, a great year. Yeah, we'll go 2018. <laughs> but uh, that being said, uh, we talked a little. So since we got back from Ohio, we've been, I bow hunted the uh, first week of November just about every day. And I bow hunted the second, the first week of muzzleloader a little bit. We went hunting a few times. Yeah. Did, did we go I don't know if me and you went anywhere during mm. muzzleloader, did we? Me and Cody went the opening day of muzzleloader when it was yeah. like the Bahamas. Oh, yeah. Yep, yeah, it's hot. Yeah. I'm trying to think. <clears throat> Man, it's been such a, like, uh, it, it, it seems like season started yesterday, but it also seems like season started a year ago. Yeah. And I think part of that's because I had so much time off and I was, you know, splitting time between the baby and hunting and trying to like find time for both and then rachel had to go back to work and so it was kind of like you know i had to i had to kind of pick my days and then we kind of like eased into the grandparents keeping her uh some so i could go hunting mm-hmm. but uh, it's all going good now and i'm back to work unfortunately i think that if you're looking at how historically the muzzleloader season is here and the rut and everything i think it was pretty much standard yeah i think so even with the warm weather i think i know based on this is mostly solely based on my trail cameras the deer and let's say on my property i've had the same trail camera there forever and generally during the rut i'll get a buck or two that I don't get the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. And it generally happens between the 5th and the 15th. And this year it hit the 9th. Yeah. That that, that one buck that I'd never get pictures of was there. You know, there was like a group of does there feeding through, and then boom, there he was. Right. <clears throat> See, I, I talked to a guy the other day, me and him was talking about it. And me personally, I felt like it was, this year's been like a, the rut was just different yeah. to me. Um <clears throat> you know, I seen some bucks that were trailing does, but they weren't hot on does. Yeah, you know kind of dogging. Just kind of like the yeah. the doe would come by, and a couple hours later, a buck would just come through. 
feeding, moving, like, you know, if the rut's hot and heavy, that buck's going to come through, his tongue's dragging, he's chasing right. that doe. Right. <clears throat> the but, only chasing I seen was on Thanksgiving morning, I seen seven bucks chasing does, and they were tongues hanging out, grunting. That's yeah. the only day I seen them, and they were all small bugs. But they were they were dogging the crap out of those. Right. That's the same day I seen seven bucks, and Dean seen five bucks, and they were chasing. Dogs. And we were on the same yep. property, but he was you know probably a mile or two down from, it, and they were different ones he was seeing. But right. other than that, we seen cruising, but no. Uh, that's the only day. No, other than that, we didn't see any wide open. I've seen quite were. a bit of like bumping. Yeah, not said, not necessarily bugs. like like you're saying tongue hanging out. Mm-hmm. For me, just thinking back over the years past, like there's only maybe one or two days a year that you're going to see that. Yeah, you know, and and it's like you got to time it out perfect and just be there. Yeah. And last year I was behind the house on that day that it hit like that. That they were just just wild mm-hmm. after does, you know, and there was a little. Uh, I say little. He was an older six point that I probably should have killed, but I think somebody else killed him because I haven't seen him this year at all. And he's uh, he's been there. I've watched him for the last three years, but um, he was he was hot on those. I mean, like I'm talking, he was grunting, he snort wheezed, he he done all the things that you see on TV that I had never seen a person. Uh, and then he you know he he was making scrapes, he was horning, all this happening in front of me. And of course, you know I didn't have a video camera, but you know, as chance would have it, but yeah. uh, it, uh, like I say, I've, I've only maybe seen that a time or two. I saw it one time, one other time in Floyd County. Mm-hmm. We were up there hunting, and it was just on fire. You know, yeah. But most most of the time, you're going to uh, me personally. I, I see like like the deer I killed last week. He was following that doe. He was right with her, and there was another buck behind him, a smaller buck, but he wasn't tongue hanging out he was breathing yeah. hard i mean they had been moving for a while like she was she was clearly trying to stay ahead of him but it wasn't like they're just tearing the woods down you know this past week the past five days the they've they've been chasing bumping and chasing those yeah that second red i think hit about i think uh i think russ said he thought it was gonna hit on the 10th yeah it might have been the, I 10th. the ninth or 10th and then last night i had uh I'll probably be able to show you after it's over with, but I got a couple of people that don't hunt and they're riding around video and big bucks chasing does through fields in the middle oh, of the night. Yeah. Well. So they're probably they're probably getting ready to wind back down again. Yeah. Unfortunately. But I did see some bumping Sunday. Well, I told you that I'm glad two it's spikes over. spikes that were kind of bumping that, that doe around. I'm glad <clears throat> I'm glad it's over. It means all them deer that, that lived on the on uh, the on the lease will be uh be good and safe but they got a better chance of living yeah but um that's just man i don't like hunting the hunt in the rut is exciting if i'm hunting like on big woods up national forest or something yeah where you never know what's gonna walk right but it's like gosh almighty man it's if you pattern a deer like all summer and you got your eye on a deer it's hard to get him during the rut because man it just go anywhere yeah you You never know what you're gonna see now we seen that this year too because There's been several. There, let's see the buck that um, our buddies, our buddy's buddy killed. One of my buddy's buddies killed was 157 and three eighths inches, and it's wow. the first time anybody ever seen that deer. Really? And it's, I mean, it was on a big lease track. Yeah, it's yeah. a huge buck. Locally? 
Yeah, yeah. right across from ours, wow. <laughs> you know. So who knows where it came from? And then oh, you're talking about the one that Dean sent me. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, that was a stud. Man. 150. It's down there at a. And we were out of town. Yeah, Baker's. He's got it. Yeah, Baker's. Yeah, yeah taxidermy. He's got some big deer in there. This yeah, year, man. There's he's... a uh, there's a mainframe eight pointer. Uh, Moose was telling me it's down there. It's 153 or 156 inches. Just a mainframe eight pointer. There, Zach's. That Baker's. Yeah, it says killed. I think it's killed somewhere down here. Wow. Yeah. Shout out to Baker's taxidermy. He there is doing go. some good work, man. He's putting out some good deer heads. I don't yeah. know if you keep up with him on Facebook, but they do look good. He's, he uh, did Sir, Zach Sturgis. He did flops. Yeah. With the flag. He, yeah. And he's got flops deer this year too. Yeah, he does. That's pretty good. You take one and drop off and pick your one for last year up at the same time. It's, yeah. That's good. Good planning there. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> he killed a nice buck after we uh, left Ohio. Yeah. What, two weeks after we got back, I think? Maybe mm-hmm. the week after. Yeah. Story on that big buck that we sent you a picture of, mm-hmm. he missed it the first shot. Oh, hey. And he run and stopped again. Moose sees. Smoked wow. it on second shot. Dude's first deer. How about that? Beginner's nope. luck. Nowhere but up from I there. But um, so I do have, I did listen on the, on, on the Spartan Forge app. It gives you a journal. So it's got a journal on there. So I fooled around with it. And I logged my hunts and I got the numbers. So I hunted 20 days in November, and I seen 38 deer and 16 different bucks, five bears and 12 turkeys. And you're you're getting deep, deep. The I know I I love the 16 different bucks are 100 percent sure. Yeah. If they were close, I just didn't count them. But um, of those, um, no no. Nothing I wanted to pull the trigger on. Yeah. One was close, but he was probably I there don't know, was 120-inch eight-pointer, but I, I just I thought I, there's a bigger one in there. Right. I obviously, well, he's in there now because he's, he's probably up there licking a the scrape right now. This is what's weird this year is these, I've got, you know, a big buck that's still making us chicken scrapes every night. Mm-hmm. I had one the other day. Yeah, but I had one on camera the other day. I got those two cell cams out, and uh, he's real sporadic on my cameras. The one you sent us pictures of, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's it's always nighttime. I've, yeah. I've yet to get a daytime picture of him, but he came through the other day checking the scrape. Just... I mean, part of that I think I don't know, but I think it's a communication method. I've heard, I've read that that. Daryl's check scrapes all year long. They certain certain one community yeah. scrapes, you know. They'll check them all year. This is a this is a mock scrape that what he's checking. The, what about the tree we found in there just below where you were sitting? It was a cedar tree. It no joke, this thing had almost been horned in two. Like oh just it was like a like a signpost oh, tree. Yeah. And it was like you there was like a, a massive indention in the tree. Like yeah. it's straight on this side, but because they'd horned it so much on this one side it was like concaved in. You know, it was, I, I'd never seen anything like that, I, but it was pretty much. I saw that on a, on, um, out in Kansas. It was, I think it might have been like a bone collector or one of them posted that they horn the four by four post that holds up a shooting house and they do it every, and it was about broken into. Yeah. Were. But that spot's a good spot right there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a, I'm trying to find the nerve to carry a tree stand in there and set it for bow season next year. I'll have one in there. I'm telling you, if I go in there, I'm well, wearing snake chaps. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's kind of one of those things like, 
the sign we're hunting there might not be there next year. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you know, yeah, you'll know by the summer. Right. You'll know by end of July, August if there's a nuts on the trees. Right. And if they're in there, they'll be there. But it's it's a good place. It looks like it's a pretty it's, killer place. It's pretty country. It worked for you. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah I can't yeah. believe that day we was all in there. We didn't see any deer. I've thought a lot about this. I know. Okay. You know, let's hear. I know we <laughs> talk about the wind, ain't you? That's exactly right. How many days on on in that area? I won't say where. In that area, is there zero wind or next to zero wind? Speaking that I hunt right, probably on the same area, not really the exact same area, but and the amount of times I've hunted in there, never. It's always very few. crazy. We hunted two, <clears throat> me and me and Dad and Zach. And Tyler went in there the, what was that, day after Thanksgiving? Black Friday, right? What Was was it you and your dad went in there, Black? No, no we before. went in before, that's right. Yeah. No wind. I'm talking dead still. It was too quiet. And just crazy, right? So the next week, Dad and I and his buddy Jeff go back in there on Black Friday. Same thing. Dead still wind. Last Friday... No, not last Friday. Friday before last. The last Friday rifle season. Me and Dad go back in there again, and we got out of the truck and shut the door, and Dad's like, man, Will, this wind is it's, it's whipping up here today. And it wasn't necessarily like right where we were whipping, but you could hear it, you know, in, in the trees, you know. And I said, I, I've thought about this already, and I think that might help us today. And sure enough, I go in there, and I saw – probably seven deer total mm -hmm. you know and then i shot the one buck and there was another buck with him you know and so they were they were on their feet that day and the only thing that i could think of that was different because it's the same area same you know same everything is that it was windy that day and they feel uncomfortable because there's so few days of wind in that area and that you know up there i know <clears throat> out of the times that i've hunted up there it's been windy about every day yeah, um, but uh, I've usually always seen something. I mean, whether it be several does or you know, I've seen a spike or something small, nothing you know that I would shoot. <clears throat> but uh, it it's always windy up there. So I mean, you may be on to something. I don't know. But well, it's to me. If I think from a something that gets preyed on by predators mm -hmm. uh, to me it's like turkeys in the in the rain you know they want to be in a field in the rain because they they don't they can't hear as good right so let's say i think it might be it might be something to that to where the deer are skittish to move when they know how loud they're going to be mm -hmm. and they could have been loud because it was when an acorn fell and rolled down the hill you heard it from the top to the bottom yeah it was and it was super dry, you know, so I think that played a big factor. And I, and I don't know. I mean, I'm just speculating, but. It's a good theory. There's got to be something to it. Yeah. I, that's like, I don't like hunting those super calm days. i tell you another reason I don't like it, because I think it hurts the deer on trying to wind you. They can't smell where they're going. Yeah. Uh, besides the using thermals, which they could in there easy. I mean, as steep as it was. Right. But, you know, it's it's not as safe for them to move around if they can't use the old nose right but uh, who do, who knows the bears sure were moving that day 
you know, to run them off three times. Dad's been hunting that same area the last two times we've been there, and ain't seen him. Ain't seen no fresh sign of them or nothing. That's good. So I don't I know. Threw I rocks he, at him. I think he chased them off. <laughs> I got a picture of a monster bear up there. Really? Huge. Yeah. Hmm. Shoot, I'd be in there with a rifle trying to kill him. No kidding. I actually considered that this weekend taking my rifle, but I don't know. I'll probably. Yeah, I'm, just as soon as I take my rifle, I'll see a monster buck, so. Yeah, I think I'm gonna take that chance. I think I'm gonna go Friday. Friday looks like it's gonna be a good day to hunt. So I'm gonna go if uh, unless somebody's stolen my climber, (laughs) it's on a good tree and uh, and I think if I go sit there, I will probably see something Friday. Friday probably sit there. I think these last these last two weeks has been like living in Portland or Seattle or somewhere. Yeah, it's been raining a lot. What is uh, it old Keith Whitley said? I'm no stranger to the rain. That's right. And that's, <laughs> hey, I tell you. Man. Um, so, got all that. So, you kind of, you went, you, you kind of told, got into your deer hunt. Tell us about the post. Now, now this is your first time packing a quartering and packing a deer out. Yeah, that Tell was, us about uh, your post hunt. So, you know, I mean. I've got a $650 pack at the house that is built almost exclusively for hauling meat and gear. And of course, the first time I ever shoot a deer that I've got to pack out on my back, it is a big old bear, wow. So the first time I ever shoot a deer that I've got to pack out on my back, where's my my XO Mountain Gear pack? It's laying at the house. So. Which, I, I mean, I had already came to the conclusion that we we're probably going to have to pack anything out of there that we shot. And so, uh, I'd ne- I've never quartered a deer on the ground. I don't know if either one of y'all have. I have not. Um, a long time ago. And other than a sandbag, I've never had weight, meat weight on my back. Uh, but it uh, it went surprisingly well. You know, we took... Uh, we split it, which I'd seen this. I don't know. Uh, I think it was, um, shoot, what is the guy's name? He's a big Western hunter. Uh, kind of an older guy. What's he do? What are you going to tell us? Well, he had a video. He was out in the middle of a field somewhere. Randy Newberg? Randy Newberg, yeah. He was. He had a, a, an elk out in the middle of the field, and he was going to show how to quarter it on the ground. And he took and he, he cut right down the ribs like from shoulder to ham, all from front to back, right right in the middle of the rib cage, right, and then he laid that over as he he skinned it loose and laid it over, and then he rolled his deer over on that and skinned the other side back, right. Well, I guess he took that quarter off. He took the front and rear quarter off, and maybe probably the back strap too. Then rolled that, and it it kind of keeps it cleaner. And so I, that when we started, I told Dad, I said I I watched this on YouTube and I. I, I think this is where we need to start you know let's just try it and so we we did that and uh got the the first two quarters off took the back strap off got it all in the bags then uh rolled it skinned the other side back the same way got those two quarters off back strap you know good to go got it all in the bags <clears throat> we took uh i put both of the rear quarters on my back with the bone in still because I wanted that structure, because I used my Everly stock, right? And so I had to put it on the very back of the pack. <clears throat> and so I, I laid the pack down and I put my quarters in the bag, you know, right on top there. 
I took straps and just cinched it down as hard as I could. And then uh, we actually took the head and I left the hide on it, which, you know, I'm not going to mount it, but I don't know. It was kind of like I didn't really want to Too much the, work. To... Yeah, I didn't really want to take the time to, like, completely skin the head out. And so we just took it and set it kind of, like, higher on the back and lashed it. I guess you saw the pictures, but... Um, and it, it carried surprisingly well. Now, Dad's, we took, uh, he had both back straps and the front quarters, but we took the bone out of the quarters. We actually just, you know, rolled the meat off of the bone and put, it was all in one bag. And uh, he said his carried pretty well, too. I mean, he, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a bad, I, I, I was, I was pleasantly surprised. And I think, you know, naturally, my pack built for hauling meat would have hauled it better. But it wasn't unbearable. I'll say it that way. But uh, it was definitely a, definitely an experience for the first time. Yeah. Well, I'd uh, I'd have came and helped you if I'd been there. Yeah. Oh yeah. We took a little man up to uh, to hunt a little bit, but so we did get to go. My first experience with a CWD county. That was interesting. <laughs> It's kind of a surprise. Yeah. So we went to Montgomery County and hunted, uh, we call it Preston Forest. I'm not sure what it is. It's just National Forest up there. And um, it's just outside of Virginia Tech. There's a big buck killed up there. It was on Star City Whitetails. Yeah. you seen that one. Yeah, I saw it. It, it, was, was... it was killed in there. It's in there, there, back there in bow season. Yeah, I was going to say that was before y'all went. And um, we get up there, see some deer in the neighborhoods and stuff. Mm -hmm. Get into the woods, and there's tons of old sign. Tons of old sign. Mm -hmm. uh, a little bit of fresh sign. Found a really good ridge and hunted. Had a lot of acorns, a lot of thick uh, underbrush, real steep. And... Um, Man, it just looked like a good buck spot, and uh, just hunted there, sitting there all day, never seen a deer. But I uh, got to talking to some people that live up there, and they said that uh, CWD's pretty hard this year on, which is, I didn't see any dead deer laying around anywhere, right. but um, I don't know if they've, I don't know what goes on in those counties, I don't know if they try to decap those or right. what happens, but the it's unreal, let's see. One, two, three, four, five. Seven of us in there hunting, and I think we all together seen two does. Dean wow. seen a doe, and I think one of the other boys seen a doe. And we were spread out pretty good in there. Yeah. Which, uh, that was weird. And uh, learned a lot about that just by being up there and realizing if you killed a deer in that county, you couldn't take any of the... <laughs> Nothing. And we weren't prepared just for that. Meat. Yeah, I mean, only, we were... Only meat. Yeah, just meat. Um, skull cap. If you killed a buck, you had to cut the horns, the skull cap out. That was oh. pretty interesting, but... It was uh, kind of concerning. I hope that stuff, I get that figured out because, man, that's, uh, you know, we usually do up there and on it. Well, you go on a doe day. Yeah. And then you usually just go up there and pile the deer up. Right. Know, in years past, but not this not this year. Then we went to um, a place we usually hunt and on Sunday, and it wasn't doe day. And we, uh, we seen 23. 23 does 
Yeah, seen 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 probably fifteen, seen probably twelve or fifteen walking in. Wow! Just walking through the fields, it's a big area. You got to walk a long ways to get to where you can hunt. We seen a whole bunch and couldn't shoot one of them. And it's Dean's fault because I told him we didn't need to go to Montgomery <laughs> County. That we needed to go to. Yeah. We needed to go to Old Dunkley Farm and pile some deer up. He's yeah. He wanted to go so. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, you'll never guess what time we left to go up there. You said about one o'clock, didn't you? We got up there at one in the morning. Yeah, and had to be up at four o'clock. So we got up there at one, fell asleep about two. Dean didn't sleep, did he? That's he what did. He, said. he did. Oh, he did. I thought he said he never slept none. He might have slept. When I went to bed, it was about two, two thirty, and he was still meandering around. I don't know that I would have went to sleep. I think I probably would have just like he. He was just like he manned it and said, "You know I what?" Have, but I would have definitely fell asleep in the woods. At some been point. sucking the coffee down, man. How about if it <laughs> wouldn't have been so cold, I would have. You know, I, I used to be a notorious like tree stand sleeper and and like deer stand sleeper, but I I don't know. The last few years, I I haven't slept nearly as much as I used to. I used to, man. Same. It was nothing like. I it's because uh, you're going in. You're going in the woods later. Well, that's been part of it this year. But <laughs> you're getting all you sleep in at night. <laughs> <laughs> there was a, there was a time. I guess I was in college. I can't remember, but uh, we all went hunting the lease over there in Pound that we had, and uh, for whatever reason, me and and my cousin Pete sat together that morning. And we went off this big ridge and found a big old oak tree, and you know was looking over a big holler, and I no joke. I went. We sat down, and it was before daylight, and I never. I don't remember it getting daylight. I was I got I fell asleep that fast, and uh, he woke me up about seven thirty or eight. It's like, hey, you know, there's uh there's been some does coming by. You might want to wake up and you know keep your eyes open. I tell you a good one, and I got to tell it on him. <clears throat> He's no longer with us anymore, but oh, Michael, we uh we went hunting up on Black Mountain when we was up there on that lease. Yeah, and uh. Him and Billy went in top, and I was on the bottom lease. And I went in and hunted all day, or, well, till midday, came out. Billy asked Michael, he said, Michael, did you see anything? Michael said, no, I didn't see a thing. Well, what, what had happened when Michael went in, he checked his camera, and that camera was right near his stand. Yeah. So you could see whatever came by his stand on that camera. Right. And uh, Michael's hunting a good, a good buck in there. And... Uh, Billy said, did you see anything in there, Michael? He said, no, I didn't see a thing. Billy's like, dang, man, I would have thought for sure you'd seen something. Well, about, I don't know, it's like a week later, Billy went back in there. He got the card out and was looking at the card while he was hunting. And he started scrolling through the pictures, and you see Michael come by. He checks the card, puts it back in. Well, we always take a picture of ourselves before we leave. Yeah. That way you kind of right. can judge you know, what date it no was one's all messed that. with the camera or whatever right so <clears throat> he was swapping through michael checked the camera and you could see him close it back and take a picture and then about an hour afterwards the buck michael was hunting came by <laughs> looked at the camera and michael was in the stand asleep <laughs> we gave him such a hard time about that <laughs> uh, that's funny that's pretty good I used to sleep bad. And Man, they had some they had some big deer up there. I know he used to show me some at work. Goodness gracious, oh, yeah. big deer up there. Some monsters. Some monsters. 
You ready for the meat and potatoes? Let's get it. <clears throat> so this Operation Red Bud. Cody hadn't listened to it yet, so we're going to have to spoil it for him. Yeah, that's all right. Bob Thomas is an undercover game warden in southeast Ohio. Yeah. Who infiltrates a... Uh, turkey hunting ring, turkey poaching ring. It's pretty It's pretty interesting stuff. It's very interesting. This guy, I'm telling you, and, and I mean, I, I've not been around a lot of undercover guys, but just from the stories this guy was so super savvy like i don't know and it talks about it in the most recent one too the maybe like the third day that he was like in in undercover he's sitting in a bar with this subject that the first three podcasts they called him uh what they call him target number two i think but his name turned out to be claude maxwell and he's actually on this podcast so super spoiler alerts and like Zach said if you don't want any more spoiler alerts you might want to turn it off for a little while but anyhow uh, he's sitting there at the end of the bar and uh, Claude Maxwell is the bartender and his buddy named I think his name was Kevin comes in and the Bob Thomas the undercover agent his name his actual name was R.T. Shepard and uh, he said that this Kevin guy recognized him from a class that he had in college he taught uh like a game wardens class at a local college back where he was from and so he calls him out by his actual name he says rt and he mentioned it two or three times and finally the undercover guy looks up and he says are you talking to me buddy and he's like yeah you're rt shepherd and he said uh you got me confused with somebody else you know just that quick you know came up with a story about you know i the this guy is not said. I think he said something like, uh, "Does this R.T. Shepherd have a bunch of money?" <laughs> the guy says, "I, you know, I don't know." And he says, "Well, I got a bunch of money, so if it's not, if if R.T. Shepherd ain't got a bunch of money, it ain't me." <laughs> yeah, and so, <clears throat> and then there was another time, they were out turkey hunting, and the guy they were turkey hunting with knew him before, I, and I, I can't remember exactly the story how he actually knew R.T. Shepherd, but he was in on the like he knew he was undercover and he knew he should call him bob thomas but they were he was calling turkeys and he was a pretty good turkey caller and, and uh he called and, and the guy that knew him as rt said man that's some pretty good calling rt and he said just like that he turned and said that's why they call me real turkey <laughs> yeah i mean i'm talking super super savvy guy i'll tell you what i didn't like about him <clears throat> what's that do you remember how many turkeys he was how many times they went hunting and killed turkeys illegally how many turkeys they killed illegally before season that spring he only killed one correct but he was with them when they killed how many it was remember? like 293 right that's a lot uh, this is way up there yeah. it's definitely more than 75 I want to say it was 293 I'm, I'm thinking that's I might be I might be off a little bit but it was pretty close so I couldn't. That what? T where does the means outweigh the goal? Yeah. His mission, his job was to stop turkey poachers, and what is he doing? He's with them, right? For a year, he stayed with them for a year, right? At what point is your? Uh, to me, I'm like, that's enough, man. Yeah. I'm over. The, you've killed hundred turkeys. This is getting too far, right? 
you know, right. just kept letting them go. That's your inner sportsman. So I think it was, here's what it was. They killed 200-something total. At one point, he he says that he had hunted with them. They had, they'd already killed 75 turkeys. Yeah. And I was like, you, you're just, I mean, you're. In... This isn't a matter of like a month. Like they started hunting about a month before season. Yeah. When they, the, the, what I've listened to the most recent one with Claude Maxwell, he said that when turkeys started gobbling, they started hunting, regardless of when the season was. And it was generally about a month before season came in. Hmm. Yeah. Now apparently the guy, the Maxwell guy, is like a successful businessman. He is. In the town that he lives in now, he owns a bowling alley, a pizza place, a uh, outdoor store, something else. Right. But the other place. so here would be my question: You was talking about when the, you know, when is enough enough? What? I mean, it, I guess it would depend on if I was looking at this and I thought, well, if I stop now. I can get you for what you've done. Right. But is it going to end it? Like, right. Is there a certain point that they've done enough that it's like you'll never hunt again? Okay, well, yeah. replace replace turkeys with Deer. a yeah. drug. I, so, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. Right, and so as an undercover agent, I, and, and, you know. I will I, tell you this. As many as they killed, they never served a day in jail, and they can still hunt today. Well, I thought that, there was a lot of them that had lifetime license bans. They were supposed to, but well, they then didn't that's get them. Oh, really? That's my thing. If you're going to wait that long, like, see, and that's the thing that they knew. <coughs> they knew the depart that wildlife research resources had to know. I mean, they know what they're looking at, right? So you're going to charge them with all these, you know. And he did say they did charge them with some bogus charges, not wearing blaze orange. Yeah, and uh, you're going to get all that raid their houses. Big operation. Claude Maxwell should. They showed up with the news and everything. His National fifteen you, vehicles. It's in. It's actually in Turkey Call magazine. Oh really? There's an article about it. No, I, it's an old one. It's an old one. Back in when it happened. Oh really? The NWTF and the president of the NWTF went up there with them. Wow. Them. How about that? And uh, they never got arrested. Never served a day in jail. Pays I know there, the the one of the podcasts <laughs> said there was one guy that tried to fight it, and they actually had to go to court. And R.T. Shepard had to sit on the stand and testify. So they could see who it was. Yeah, and they, it's a funny part of it. They asked him, uh, the, they were trying to basically like um, uh, disqualify oh. him as a as a law. Question his credibility. Yeah, disqualify his credibility. That's, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Y'all sit in court all the time. I don't know this crap. Uh, anyway, so, <clears throat> they yes, they were questioning his credibility. And they brought up uh, one time, I think he said they were hanging drywall, right? And they were they were passing uh, a joint around and it he said when it got to him he took a puff of it but he never inhaled it and so clay newcomb being the you know native arkansan says uh, so you're like bill clinton the president because <laughs> if you remember in what 90 i guess 93 yeah, or something time. like that yes yeah. uh they, Bill Clinton had a similar line. <laughs> like, you yeah, know, I, I did not inhale. I did not inhale. So I thought that was uh, I, just that's my thing. I don't agree with. No, I don't you either. Know. Now that I, I, you told me that they didn't spend any time in jail, because my thought was, well, maybe he thought at this point, not everybody was going to spend the amount of time in jail and right. not everybody was going to lose their hunting privileges. That's probably what and I would have thought too. I, I was kind of looking at because if it was like, oh, 
well, there's eight of them, and yeah, we've killed 75, but I've only got five of them killing turkeys, right. so I can't ban everybody. Right. Let's push this on. He had one guy killing 295 turkeys. Well, see, and I, I had to listen to it. I was it. so I'm just close. <laughs> but yeah, I, it's crazy. I don't, it, like I said, if you replace, say you replace turkeys with methamphetamine, so you're trying to, as an undercover agent, I imagine, I've never been undercover, I never plan to, I hope I'm never put in that situation. I imagine you're trying to collect as much evidence as possible for as long as you can collect it until, you know, either you, you get blown or you... Or we slap them on the wrist. Right, or you're you're making a bust. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's, it's... I mean, it's... Give <laughs> me a second to register that one. It's, uh... Well, not even that. Replace it with deer. I can't imagine. Well, not that to that not that number. Say fifteen deer. <clears throat> he's killed. Say he's killed fifteen deer this week. Yeah. Before season, and then say, golly, he killed sixty-five deer with me this year. Yeah. Dude, that's you're decimating you're, the population. To, to, to me, and that's that's what they did there. You know. And and a lot of it. And and here's what I don't like. If you listen to that today, and again three sides to their store yeah you listen that guy that was his name claude, claude maxwell claude, claude maxwell he said he didn't feel right about him calling him up and saying let's go out hunting tonight yeah i don't think that's right and and that might be why i would say that maybe there's some of those charges that didn't stick yeah. because of that it's different it's different and and the the say not the law the animal side but the police side you know if you're trying to buy drugs yeah that's fine Right. Obviously, you're going to be. Hey, I need to buy some. I need. Right. You're, you're doing that a, kind of undercover work. Right. Like probably what that old Brett Reeves done. Yeah, I'm sure he probably done something. Somewhere but else. if you, to me, you're getting something off. To you're getting something off the street. Yeah. You're getting. You know. You're building a case. Like right. You're keeping that dope. Yeah. So it's not going <clears> out to someone else. By, right. ca- by calling and saying, "Hey, let's go out." poaching tonight you're hurting you're you you are hurting what you're protecting in a sense yeah yeah i I can see that yeah but i mean i still have to go back and think mike you know i haven't listened to it and so whatever my point might be completely mute and pointless but i have to go back and would at least try to think that that dude thought that by continuing it I'm he sure he did. A lifetime I think he got caught up off. in the life. And, and I think have. I think he enjoyed hanging out with Claude Maxwell too. You got to listen to it, Cody, because it really it 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 consumed his life. He yes. took over that identity. Yeah. He he got so he was inner monologuing himself as Bob Thomas. Yeah. He, he at was, one point lost his wife and kids. That was all he wanted. He loved that life, and I think yep. he loved it so much he didn't want it to end. Yeah. Well, maybe so. I think going undercover too. I think. And they had a psychologist on there talking about that. I think, just in general, if you work do do undercover work that way, if you don't let it consume you in that way, you're probably going to slip up at some point or another. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know? got a, I got a buddy that does that for a living, and I definitely ain't gonna mention his name, but um, Hick Country dude mm-hmm. first thing he does with his job meets a plane flying in from Columbia and makes a drug deal yeah I mean I get where we're going with let's not kill too many 
you know, whatever. But at the same time, if I'm this guy, I'm sitting there thinking, I've got to do whatever I've got to do to make, to make this seem real. Yeah. So I can go home. I mean, you think put your like you think about R.P. <clears throat> Shepard. That's a rough place. He he said that those were rough people, and if they had found out before the bust that he was an undercover uh, um, game warden, they probably would have took him out and killed him if he couldn't get word to somebody that, you know, hey, I'm in big-time trouble, guys. Y'all need to come help me, you know. And that's kind of – so I'm not saying that that justifies whatever happened. All I'm saying is it would be easy to get wrapped up in that life when you start it as I've got to be all in because I want to make it home. Yeah. So you all in, you're all in, you're all in, and then it's like, oh, this is my life now. Yeah. And then you're wrapped up in that, and it's so it would be so hard to just say, okay, it's no longer my life. Right. Look at people that retire, and I know it's kind of different, but look at people that's worked a job for, you know, 25, 30 years. They get to retirement age. Look at how many of them, how many quit at retirement age? There's a lot of, especially lot. in the generation that's ready to retire right now, there's a lot that don't want to quit because that is their they, personality. That's their they don't persona. Know what they're going to do when they're done. Right. Yeah. So, you know, that would be an easy thing to fall into as an undercover or oh, something like sure. that. Because, right. you know, it's like, what am I going to do? I've done this for X amount of years right. or X amount of months. This is what me. What am I going to do? I'm, when this is a coal over? miner. You see it all the time with coal miners, underground coal miners. Yeah. They are coal miners. That's what they are. And they do it till they can't walk. Right. They do it till yep. they can't do it. I think Ortiz was different. I think he got his dopamine and adrenaline. For real. You're not an RT fan at all. He is huh? not, is he? No. I'm trying no, to I mean, I, I appreciate I appreciate I appreciate what he was trying to do. Yeah. And I'm sure he had good intentions right. at first. Right. But there is no way in good conscience. There's no way you as so his sole job is to protect the wildlife and natural resources of that state. Yeah. By going out and killing 295 turkeys before season. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying is he, he probably started it as the right thing to do. Yeah. But and then he got wrapped up in that life and then it became, that I was really no think... longer about the turkeys. It was about, oh, this is my life. I enjoy this. This is what I'm going to do. That's hey, what he, even said that he, he even said he'd be, he'd be best friends with some of them guys. If it was a different different situation, but. I think I think a lot of us would. That's just my opinion. Because yeah. you look at, uh, I'm, and I'm trying to look, I'm trying to find it right now. But uh, Clay also did a um, podcast about these two local outlaws from where he's from. Oh, Louis uh, Dale, Louis Dale and Charlie. Yeah. Yes, that's them. So Louis Dale and Charlie were revered in the community. They were, you know, anybody you asked. Was like, oh yeah, Louis Dale and Charlie, they're they're good old boys, you know. So I think it 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 speaks to like a a broader thing within us personally that like a a good member of the community can kind of you can look over some of their outlaw ways in yeah. certain aspects, especially especially when it comes to poaching deer. How many people do you know that shot a deer at night? Oh, I've seen. Or that. shot a deer out yeah. of season. Yeah. I mean. You know, it, it happens. Um, maybe maybe not to that scale, but yeah, Louis Dale and Charlie were hunting them to that scale. Yeah. You know, and so they never got caught. So at least... You think RT would have caught them? I think they probably would have strung RT up. <laughs> them boys were smart. They were... Yeah. They were, they were, they were 
few dollars. Backwood smart. You talk about poaching in general. And I, you know, I've lived here my whole life. And I don't know how it is other places. But we've got a a bad issue with that around here. Yeah. And it's a lot worse in like Smith County and With County, man. They, that's you. Scott County is horrible. You see them deer laying dead everywhere. I think it used to be a lot worse here, especially down in there where I live. That yeah. I know of people. Yeah. I've been with people. I personally have never spotlighted a deer. Right. Yeah. Okay. I have shot a doe with a gun in deer season in bow season. Okay, I'll admit to that. That was in your youth, right? Yeah, the statute of limitations has ran out on that. So, <laughs> anyway. So what you're saying was you was a juvenile. Uh, yes. I've never shot a deer behind a spotlight, but I know people that have, and they used to do it a lot Yeah, in that area where I live at. I, I don't think the spotlight in here is as prevalent as it once was, but what it's prevalent is probably baiting overkilling not checking those baiting ba- i think baiting would probably be the biggest problem if yeah. i was guessing that's what i would assume is the biggest problem in this area when i was in high school man i'm telling you they were there were a lot of guys that i knew that, mm-hmm. that was i know like, some of those same guys like, oh yeah yeah you know and that we might be talking about the same people yeah but they that was like their weekend routine yeah and you knew it was happening but at that time i'm 16 15 16 I didn't even think about it. Right. I mean, I didn't do it. I didn't go out with them because I, I can tell you this right now. If I'd ever got caught doing something stupid in my life, I promise you I would have begged the police to take me to jail because my dad would have beat me <laughs> to death. So yeah. I wasn't part of none of that. I never went out and done none of that. Yeah. I was too busy coon hunting. Right. So, <clears throat> but they were going out, and it was like a weekend, an every weekend thing. And yeah. you would hear them like on Monday come back to school, and they'd be like, Man, check out this deer we killed. Yeah, I'm like, and it wasn't you no kill secret. That at? Oh, I, can't, I can't tell you where I killed that. Right. We was going down the road, man. I seen this deer. We turned, yep. and it's like, golly, yep. y'all take some chances. And I mean, you know, uh, and that's the thing. Like, I think there's there's poachers everywhere. There's poachers. I know poachers that I would talk to if I ran into them in the store, and not not think nothing of it. But I know that. They, on a regular basis, hunt deer with a rifle from October to December. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and they joke about it as, you know, oh, yeah, my muzzleloader's a Yeah, I got a semi-auto muzzleloader. I got yeah. a 36 muzzleloader. Yeah, like, yep. Man, that's not cool. Right. <laughs> and, I mean, I have since matured, you know, and so I, I, I follow the game laws now. And, uh, matter of fact, I actually just looked the other day because I want to kill a doe really bad with my bow. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wasn't sure that I could kill a doe after Saturday, you know, when most comes that's, back in. That's so what I, I looked, yeah, and you can. A while back. I, through, I didn't uh, know yeah. that. The only time in Virginia you can't shoot a doe with a bow is during rifles. Yep. yep. Other, uh, during hunting season. Obviously. Right. That's, that's what I found. But, yeah, so, I mean, I <clears throat> yes, it's terrible what they did. RT. And I'm. Should have stopped them. He should have earlier than that, especially now that. I know the outcome of the whole situation. Right. Yeah. I thought. I, like, I, I mean, it's I, game I could, law. I mean, you can go go prison. Right. Well, I'm. I'm talking about. I was expecting. I thought he said like they did time, man. and they did. They had Guy their did the house arrest, and they had their license revoked for life. I thought that they did, but if you listen to the thing, 
the so newest they, one. They never filed the get department game. Never completed the paperwork. On. See, and that's what I'm getting at. See, that's not RT's fault. True, <laughs> but I mean, if they were that worried about it, if it was that big of a deal, I mean, I don't know. Maybe he was under the assumption that it was that big a deal. I don't know. Seventy-five turkeys before season is a big deal to me. That's oh, a, yeah, that, that's it is a big deal. I'll, I'll agree with you. But that just aggravates. Me. I just don't understand. I don't know. <laughs> I just. I didn't see only... seventy-five turkeys all last year, and that's if I count the ones I seen more than once. That's why you didn't see them. Because <laughs> yeah. they're because they're because they don't know in Ohio. And yeah, they, they're not migrating all the way down there. Let me ask you a question. What do you do with that many turkeys? I, there's no way they're eating them. No, there's no way. I don't think so. I will say though, they were addicted to the killing of them. Back mm-hmm. to Louis Dale and Charlie, they would eat them eat them what they couldn't eat they would distribute throughout the community so they would take grandma and grandpa deer meat and and turkey breast and say here I, you know i killed this a few days ago here i you know i know y'all are struggling whatever whatever that was never mentioned in ohio not once no you know and and he's living with those guys he knows what they did with the meat and he never once mentioned it and so it, that goes to tell you that they were shooting a lot of deer and a lot of turkeys and going up and plucking the beards off and cutting the spurs off and maybe the fan off and that's mm-hmm. it that's, that's a, in my opinion. I, don't, I definitely don't agree with that. yeah <laughs> but even still today even if you do it legally i still don't agree with you just no like, no if you, if kill, you don't want it give it to hunters for hungry right like give i mean it if you only kill your three turkey a year but you leave them laying in the woods and just pluck the beards off that's i i can't <clears throat> agree with that right that's like people that shoot a deer or anything and don't put forth the time like if it don't fall i ain't tracking yeah don't shoot right don't hunt right because they're not all gonna fall in their tracks right there the one i let get away i probably walked about eight miles that night and i paid the guy you know a pretty good amount of money to bring his dog over there and he didn't ask for no money you know we're gonna have him on the podcast hopefully in the next few weeks or so but he didn't ask me for a dime. He came over there because we're buddies. You know what I mean? But I felt like that that I owed him that. But anyway, um, I it hurts me. It hurts me to, to shoot a, a deer or even a turkey and let it get away from me. It, it Especially if you think you put a fatal shot on it and you just can't find it. Because you care about the game. <laughs> Right. Well, that, that now imagine right. being in charge of those games and watching seventy-five of them do that <laughs> before season starts. I mean, it, it would be hard. But it, it would be hard. It's that m- day that me and you went hunting and I shot that doe, like, and I, I mean, didn't I even know you shot a doe until Will told me. I shot it. Yeah. <laughs> you went no with idea. us. I had no idea. But yeah. I. That, that still bothers uh, me. One of the kids was sick. Yeah, was sick. That is right. We were all supposed to go. I forgot we were I, all supposed to go. That bothered me for a long time after that. Yeah. Like, and I, I put in the time. I was cut from branches, <laughs> crawling through. You were through soaking wet. Time you I got was sweating. I, and, you know, I, I tracked it, and I ran out of blood, and then I started grid searching. Like, did you was you were you hunting in that road up there? Where yeah, I, right mm-hmm. off of it. I knew it's. I knew they'd come through there mm-hmm. above that ladder stand. Yeah, that's where I told. I told him. And I, I, I said, "Stay right on that road, Zach." Sandy's over here saddle. just last week. I was in my saddle, man, and I seen a bunch of them come in. And I guess I ain't been on here since then, so I'll tell no, you about that. Not. So, I, <clears throat> unfortunately, I shot a doe and couldn't find it. That's the moral of the story. But 
So I'm sitting in my stand in my tree saddle hanging out and uh, I see two does come out way up to my left and they're messing around. They won't come down that way. <clears throat> and I see both of them cross the road down in front of me below the ridge line and one of them comes back. So I sat there and tried to watch it because it was kind of coming around behind me and I was afraid it was going to bust me. <clears throat> well, it disappeared. And I'm sitting there and me and Will's texting and <clears throat> I'm like, man, I ain't seen nothing. I seen squirrels and then they just disappeared. So, well, after I seen them does. And so I'm sitting there and I hear something and I look up and this doe pops up at probably 50 yards at the edge of the, the ridge line. And she walks around and walks right by my stand, I bet 10 yards from where I'm at. Shout out to the tethered saddle. She never had an idea I was even there. So she walks by and I'm like, I don't think I'm going to shoot her. I'm sitting there and I get my camera around and <clears throat> then I made the quick decision I was going to shoot her. <laughs> so I drew back and I waited on her and she came to an opening. She stopped and I released. And when I did, I must have pulled it forward or something. But she was kind of quartered away from me and it hit the front shoulder and she took off i seen it it was solid sticking out she broke my arrow off took off up through there and uh mm. it it's enraged broadheads how much said. arrow was sticking out <laughs> it was quite a bit of arrow uh, sticking out. i'd say that's probably what maybe two and a half inches in her oh she's living yeah yeah I think I so but it hit right in the shoulder unfortunately yeah so it's that old age brought it i'll tell you that shoulder bone's got us both this year but it uh shot right through one last year with oh, a rage <laughs> i did this year 30 yards shot right through the shoulder blade i was 25 yards and it stuck right in there i still got that broadhead in there i'll show it to you so mm -mm -mm. I, and I, I'm, you, not, I'm not i'm all boys. about the rage but well, i'm putting uh i'll do a little We'll have a little shooting camp here if we need. Uh, we definitely need, we need for wheel. We need to go to Bob's Market and uh, get some beef shoulders and <laughs> see what yeah. we can shoot through them. I should have kept That'd be a, fun, uh, actually. I should have kept a uh, man. I cut up uh, Matt Matt Stanley's deer. His eight pointers in the freezer over. Oh yeah, I'll show it to you. Um, we cut up his deer and Jacob's buck, yeah. and I didn't save a. I could. I should have shaved a. Saved a shoulder blade off. That deer Jacob hmm. killed was a big body deer. Yeah. He got my, my that, nephew. He's a luckiest ate. little kid. He ain't a kid no more. I mean, he's, in, he's a man now, but yeah. he hunts one day a year. Yeah. And last year killed a stud. That's you know? a big, it's probably a 150 inch deer. Easily. Double, double, drop, double time. drop times. I mean, a freaking stud. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. He and drug a, it out a long way, long yeah, way. He he killed a dish. He killed a, a big seven pointer this year. God, I mean, it's up. I'll tell you this. He, we didn't. We had. I, we may not even had a shoulder. I think he blew through both shoulders. Did he? Busted. I got a little bit out of one of them. That's a uh, ground. He did. He wanted roast. The roast and the rest of it kind of just. He wanted the steaks, and usually off of a rear ham. Two two good sized deer grinding. Yeah. If you because if you trim all the crap out of it, I don't put all the the ligands and stuff. Right. Get all that. You get about eight pounds. 
of yeah, grind. Probably. Dude, I was at 15 pounds wow. of meat off That's that deer. Good. It's a big old deer, man. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty good, but I didn't shave. I should have saved the uh, shoulder blade on a couple of them so I could show y'all that the daggone rage will shoot right through it. Well, of course it, it will in your backyard. It didn't. <laughs> I promise. It'll I hit it. it. But no, I... Well, if you hit it quarter and away, it, I, it's probably went up underneath it. Yeah. Yeah. Probably You've probably got it in the joint. That's yep. what I was saying. I probably hit the joint of yeah. it. Yeah. But no, I, I was, I was sick. Of Reds? That, and that's just a... I mean, that's a dough. It made me sick. Yeah. Red shot a muzzy MX-3 right through the shoulder. Yeah. Didn't kill it. No, it did kill it. 30 out six. Works two every week, time. Two weeks later. Chasing a dough. Works every time. 30 out six. I tell you what, I didn't, I didn't miss my 30 out six. That's true. Ago. That's true. I put that joker in the bowler room. Let, let me get your opinion on this. So, and I won't say who it was, but there was a guy that got mad. Um, but what what is your thoughts on, say you're driving down the road with your kid and there's a monster black bear. You see it in a field somewhere. Mm-hmm. I know it's illegal. Shine your headlights on that thing to show your kid. If you have no intent of killing that. I know it's illegal. I, I get that. I don't... I'm showing my kid every time. But I'm just saying, like, there's some people that are... Are you talking about, like, backing up and turning let's around say, in the road? Like, let's say, is it private property or land or, or you're public property? directly out? A public. I think it's fine. I mean, it... it but, and the only reason I'm saying this, because I had a guy one time tell me... I showed him a picture of one mm-hmm. that I had seen... And I was like, dude, check this out. And he was like, that's, that's spotlight. And I was like, bro. With the headlights of your truck? It is. To cast a light upon a field in yep. search of wildlife is how the... What if I was just driving along and it happened to be there on the side of the road? If you cast your light, so there's a field there and you go out of your way. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, yeah, I can see that. But, but I would still thing, do it. My thing that irritates me is like, if I have no intent of shooting... Right. Say I don't even have a say rifle you don't, Right, car. say you don't have a weapon at all. If I've got, like, which I've always got a handgun, but right. whatever, I ain't shooting nothing with that. Right. But if I've got my son, and, like, yeah. he's like, Dad, a bear. Hey, look, he Oh, look. look. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, right. don't, I don't have an issue with that. But that, that is illegal. I think it all depends on circumstance. Yeah. Your situation, I don't see an issue. And I would be shocked if a game warden would write you a ticket for that. Well, this one would. Because it was a game warden that told me that. If you, if you pull in there, I think if you, without a gun? Without a gun. I think the code has to, you have to have intent. And nah, he's probably just being a certain way. No, he was, 100%. But I'm, and I'd have to read the code because, I mean, it all, it all depends on intent. That's my thing. Right. I feel like if you have no intent, if you have... If you if you have if no that's the case, I shined a flashlight at a eight pointer back in August in my backyard. I, that's what I'm saying. I spotlight in my field all the time. I'll tell you straight up, like I shine a spotlight to check out my does all the time. Yeah, I you just mean, feel like you have, you should have to. It's like, my but you're, not, but you're not kill. You know, you're not. I have no them. intention of shooting one of them behind that spotlight. I'm just looking at them. Well, what's this? If I hear something out in my backyard and go out there and it's it's a bear and i shine my light on it that's ridiculous that guy that guy was probably just flexing a little bit too much yeah that's like me saying uh i see you got the keys to that car 
It's like you write me you a ticket for a dead sticker in your driveway. You're, you, you couldn't do that, but I'd be like, you, you know, you know, it's illegal to think about getting in that car. Yeah, oh, that's crazy. I don't yeah, know. I just my my thing with it was like everything else as far as legal wise, there has to be an an intent. Yeah. To commit a crime, right? You have to intend to commit that crime. Like, I have no intent of shooting that thing. Right. I have no intent of causing harm to that animal, but my young child wants to see it yeah like heck i just want to look at it yeah i I think that's a little overboard how many times do you watch uh what was that game warden show out in california you remember it backwoods law no that was Um, a main anyway um they would ride around shine their spotlights at stuff Mm -hmm. like that so i don't know that's crazy yeah i do have a so we'll finish on this and go get something to eat i'm starving (laughs) Uh, we talked, me and Will talked about this the other day about the, um, and I've changed my opinion a little bit. Hmm. Got mixed on the cell cameras. So, oh, yeah, we did talk about this briefly. Let's, how ethical, and I have two situations, two scenarios. How ethical is your cell camera? Right now, mine personally. Yeah, I mean, ethically using oh, it. Oh, just using is it. it in you, general. You, how ethical do you think it is for to use it? I mean, I don't have a problem with it clearly because I have three yeah. of them. Yeah, you know, same. How ethical is it to sit on your couch and wait until? You get a deer on camera. I think that's where you cross the line. And then you get your gun and go right then. Right. I have a problem with that. Yeah, I think that's where you're... I like the cell cameras for two reasons. One, it limits my time. Saves scouting. And two, I don't put any scent down to check it. Right. I'm not sitting there looking at it saying, I'm not going to go deer hunting at all until I get a picture of this buck in here at this day. I mean... As soon as I get the picture, I'm getting in the truck and going. It has changed my plans... You know, having cell cams on a place like there was a there was one morning that dad and I were planning on going this one place. And because he got some different pictures of a different book through the night on his cell cams, he says, hey, let's go up here. There's a new book. That's no different than going in. Say you're planning on hunting Saturday before cell cams was a thing. You just planning on going hunting Saturday. And he was like, well, Friday. I'm going to go check my camera and see if anything's there. There's exactly. no difference in that. But like what he's saying, yeah. yeah, I 100% agree. If I'm sitting in my house and I'm like, oh, I ain't got no intent okay. on hunting. And then my phone dings and I look down, I'm like, oh, man, that's I, a monster. I think if I you're waiting it. on it, if you're yeah. waiting on it. or Yeah, I think even in your scenario, I don't know how unethical I think that is. Because, like, let's just it, say, let's say, let's say, let's just, let me tell you, let's say this. Let's say it's November 1st. I've not hunted because I said, I got this cell camera. I'm not going in the woods until I get a picture of this deer. I'm mm-hmm. not hunted it. I know there's other people hunting it, but I'm not going hunting in that woods until that camera goes off. So goes off middle night, you don't care. But it goes off at 2 o'clock in the day, and you're like, that deer's going right there. I'm going to get him right now. Mm-hmm. I just don't like it. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think with... Again, we go back to intent. Like, if that is your intention to only hunt 
the, through that camera, right. that's an unfair advantage with the animal. If but you like use in it your to... scenario, right, where you're sitting there at the house and you're really not, you know, like, yeah, I don't really feel like going hunting today. And then you're like, oh, crap, look at this giant eight-pointer on my camera. And you run up there. But have you been hunting that deer? That's what I'm saying. Have I, you been I hunting? Have you been going that, in the woods? That's no different than you walking and looking out the back. Oh, me, for instance, I got that big field at the house. Me walking and looking out the picture window, I'm like, oh, God, look at there. Look at that big buck, you know, and running out there and grabbing my gun. And boom, it's on my property. It's completely legal. So why yeah, would that ethical. be unethical? I don't think it's unethical. I mean, but. My thing is you you can sit at your house with a cell camera without putting effort in. If you wanted to be that way, you could sit at your house without putting any effort into hunting, hunting that deer, patterning that deer, anything, and your camera goes off and you say, "You will." He has one place that he's going to go. I'm going to run straight there. Yeah. yeah. I don't think that is that ethical because you're not putting in a time to hunt that deer. Right. You're letting technology right. do your job for you. And that's what I'm saying. Like it, it provides you an unfair advantage. Correct. When you. when your situation was just happenstance happenstance is exactly right but it would be the same happenstance as if i've i've you know i've got this stand up here you know where my stand is above the house i've got a cell cam there now that i just put there the last week if i get a picture and i'm like holy moly look at that buck i ain't seen and i try to put a sneak on him is that unethical not for you because you've been up there hunting you put time in right but i think if you solely base your hunting if you aren't going, I'm not hunting at all until this buck is on my camera and then I'm running up in the woods. Well, right. And that's what I'm getting at. So say like at the beginning of the season, I go in one day and I set this camera up on my stand and I don't hunt. I come back. I don't do anything. Don't scout. Don't do nothing. I set that camera up and I go to my house to sit down. Yeah. And then like a month later goes by. I still not hunted, still not done anything else other than put that camera up. No and intention my, my on hunting. My thing says right. ding, and I look down, and I'm like, oh, I'm man, gone. I'm gone. Because he has one, there's a funnel. Say I set it up on this nice funnel. I know where he's going to be, and there, I can get in there without right. speaking. I guess I, let's say this is this is on like, your, like at your house where yeah. you could re- be there relatively quick. Right, right, Within right. 10 minutes. Right. Not like down the road, but... Uh, <sighs> I it's think a, I think we have just among the three of us here we've narrowed it down to a pretty narrow scenario to make cell cams unethical. But I have heard the people start arguing about them being unethical, and I don't agree there's, with there's that. There's states that are arguing that now. I don't agree that they're unethical if you're using them as a scouting tool. They're no more unethical than a regular camera. Yeah, you know, a regular trail camera, <clears throat> in my opinion. So I put a trail camera in a field on a fence post. Yeah. Say I live. Right at the fence post. Yeah. I'm doing that to scout deer. Yeah. How How is that unethical and me looking out my window with binoculars doing the same thing? It's not. If I, okay, let's see. It's, it let's is turn the same on day, thing. Turn on daytime mode only. So no unfair advantage. I can't get a picture of deer at nighttime. Right. It's the same thing. I, I, Unless you're over at your house spotlighting in the field at night. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, listen. That's my property. Game more needs to stay off that. <laughs> but, uh, gosh almighty, you know, we talk about this, but that you think about, there's a lot of things, man, in, that baiting, I think that's the craziest 
law there was. There's no reason you shouldn't be able to bait. Kentucky does it. Yes, every uh, state around us does yeah, it. Yeah, Ohio, West sense. Virginia. If when we went to Ohio, if I had wanted to pack a 50 mile bag of corn up there on that point I was hunting, I could have done it completely legally. So, yeah, take, you do carry it yourself. That same, <laughs> that same game warden that told me that what I did was yeah. illegal. Um, told me also that putting black magic on a stump creates a bait site. That's correct. Well, that is correct. I know, but I'm just saying. But it's crazy. How how crazy is that? I agree. It's a it's a mineral. It's right. not a it's not apples or corn right. or the something coke? that I'm dumping. I know it is. Yeah. I I agree. Right. But I'm just saying that's. Crazy. I don't agree with it in general. I think if you want to go dump out a, a dump truck load of apples and corn, <laughs> you should be able to do that. And I, we would be a lot more successful if we could. I would, I would love, <laughs> I would love to have one of those corn blowers like I saw T Bone Turner using one time on a TV show. Yeah, as he was saying, if you ain't baiting, you're waiting. Uh, did you see? <laughs> did you see the ATV, the side by side, the side by side that had a spreader on the back? Yeah, and two leaf blowers on the front. Yeah, and it blew the leaves out, made it dirt, and then spread the corn in the leaves. <laughs> Crazy. I, I mean, don't know, man. I, it, it, I, I'm listen. I'm all for fair chase, and like I really love hunting on national forest, and even I, I, Dad and I had this conversation earlier in the year after that deer he was after got killed in rifle season. Well, I say earlier in the year, a month ago, I guess. But um, rest in peace, big buck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was a good deer. I think that he scored one forty five, one forty eight, something like that. He found that as a four day. year old. Yeah. But um. I, I think sometimes that we get too caught up in our cameras and, you know, trying to, like, for me, just for me personally, sometimes it takes some of the fun out of hunting because it is it is so thrilling to be sitting in a stand and a deer that you've never seen in your life walks by you. That's a that's a shooter buck. Mm-hmm. I mean, a, a, a mature whitetail that you have never seen, you have no idea he's in the area, just comes strolling by. That, to me, is the thrill of a lifetime. That's why you like hunting a rut, Will. But in certain scenarios, and I do this, and Dad does it really bad, we get fixated on this deer. This is our target buck for the year. Yeah. You know, and this is, and, and say like last year on that particular property, there was three mature whitetails that we identified as targets right but still yet you're you're identifying a small group of deer and saying these are the bucks that we're planning on killing Mm -hmm. and you know they're there and you see them on camera every night or every couple nights you know it kind of takes some of the wonder and the you know the the fun out of it a little Mm bit i don't i don't know i i'm one of these people that like I don't agree with the baiting as far as I don't agree with putting out a fifty bag, fifty pound bag of corn. Yeah. I don't agree with dumping out a bunch of apples. What if it was legal? I still don't agree with that. What if you what if you hunt under apple tree? I mean, did you plant that apple tree? What's the difference in that? I sure have hunted under them. What's the difference in that and you pouring black magic on a stump? It's attracting either way. I I agree. What I'm getting at, though, my thought on that is I'm pouring a mineral out. I'm not pouring a 
But it's not a native mineral. It's not a mineral that naturally occurs. I mean, I get, and that's that's right. an opinion. Right. I'm not saying I'm right. You're right. Oh yeah. I mean, I, all I'm saying listen. is I don't agree with the corn and the apples and all this. Right. But I do think it should be okay if you want to go in and put a trace mineral out, right. or you want to do something like that. I don't have an issue with that part of it. Yeah. I just think the law is silly that I can go plant a cornfield. Yeah. And hunt right over top and of hunt it. Right over top of it. Yep. Or food plot with turnips and radishes and I can know. go plant an entire apple orchard. Yeah. Hunt right over. And top I'm of with it. you. I I've in Kentucky I've hunted over bait and I don't it's weird to do. It's like you're just sitting there waiting yeah. on something. I like hunting the deer and the sign myself. But I think it is a silly law. Yeah. That's it. That, I mean, you're just you I said you can do it but you can't do it the easy way. Yeah, right, that's where it is. You can do it, but you can't do it easy. But yeah. I think I think the difference in that and just pouring out a fifty pound bag of corn is if you plant a cornfield or you plant a turnip patch or you plant something of this, like that deer has more than just this one little pile that it can eat out of. Say it's a fifteen by fifteen yard plot. Well, Think about the could, food plots you planted at Jack's. Yeah, they're Those five yards tiny. wide, and ten yeah. yards long. Just don't make no sense. I can, I can, I guarantee you, I can spread a fifty-pound bag of corn out in that amount of space. And but you not ever see it. I can also put trace mineral on a stump at twenty yards from a tree stand, same place. Right. And I that, don't know. I don't know what they do to it in the wintertime. I'd say in the summertime. Well, used to you could put it out in the summertime here. Yeah. We used to put out trace mineral in the summertime. Damn, it <laughs> Yeah, before it was illegal, because that was a good way to get summertime pictures. Mm-hmm. But um, no, no, how just, well? So uh, and here's let's go back to that. Let's just go back to that when it was legal to salt, mm-hmm. or you could put a tractant out before you had to have it at what September first. September first, you had to have it up, I believe. If you salt a stump all summer, it's, it's not going d- away. It's not going away. Yeah, is it still illegal to hunt over that stump? I'm pretty sure it was at the time. I think so too. I know I do know this because I I encountered and questioned this one time in With County. Mm-hmm. We got checked by a game warden up there, mm-hmm. and it's national forest, right? Free range their cattle in the spring and summer there. Mm-hmm. They pull them off there during uh, gun season, during mm-hmm. when bow season before bow. They have to have them off the national forest. Yeah, but they have salt barrels out there. Right, and there's probably grain in the ground. Um, I'm, I'm walking around hunting. Right. There's... What if I get caught right next to it? Yeah. You know? Knowingly. Knowingly hunt over hmm. a tract in our bait. Hmm. So how do you how do you combat that? I, but you go to a tract in or Turn your back to it. So you're saying this. Like, my <laughs> thing with I mean, that is how is it... How is it illegal to say... I'm going to put black magic on the stump. But it's not illegal. I feel like Cody likes black magic. I he do. Does we like black. Used, I like it too. We <laughs> used it in Kentucky <laughs> yeah, all the that's time. That's good stuff. Yeah. I mean, that, that was, that's what we put up in, uh, up at, uh, up in uh, With County. It tastes pretty good, too. I don't in, know if you tried it, but in it tastes Kentucky, like that too. that's, I mean, salty. we've done that all the time. But my thing is, like, how is it illegal for me to put black magic on a stump, but it's not illegal for me to go five yards away and start a mock scrape 
in my opinion, <laughs> with the black magic, you're still somewhat creating a food source because they will eat that stump quite a bit. And that's why they're coming to it because they like it and they want to consume it. But they're not consuming they like a fresh, hot, synthetic dopey, too. Well, they're not consuming it, though. They're not eating it. They're just attracted to it. Sometimes. Sometimes it does the opposite. It's off-putting. Yeah. I don't know. That's a question for the people that make laws. Fresh, hot, synthetic dope. (laughs) That's a good one there. (laughs) I don't know. Straight out the factory from China. But regardless, and I can honestly (laughs) say this. I I can honestly say this. If they came tomorrow and said baiting is legal... I really don't think, I still don't think I'd put anything out. No, maybe if one of the kids wanted to go shoot a doe off, I'd, I'd yeah. probably try to help them out. But I can tell you from experience, I lived in Kentucky for a year, and we baited the dog crap out of them. You cannot bait a deer into an area. It's got to be there anyway. They've got to be there. And it's more like, we used it more like recon type stuff. Like, we knew the deer were in the area, but let's put this, let's dump this 50 pound bag of corn out here in front of our camera to see what we've got. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's why we always just do the salt in the summertime. Just so we could say, let's see what's in there. Especially up a road there because you didn't want to go up there all year. But, uh, yeah. So, my final opinion, I think it's silly how it's worded. Mm -hmm. Um, but if it was legal, I probably still wouldn't do it. The mineral, I think, is crazy. I in, might do it in our county. In our county, it's crazy. Oh yeah, we For should sure. be able to um, mineral up until deer season. Yeah, uh, I agree. I or just, through deer season. My thing is, yeah. I just get irritated over the mineral. <laughs> like that irritates me yeah. so bad. Like that, you can't put a trace mineral or black magic or anything like that out yeah like i get just like you said i can't walk in the middle of the woods in a random place i've never been before never seen anything and say oh i'm gonna pour some black magic on this stump jump up this tree and every deer in their area like they have to become there so i have done my research on the deer i have scouted that area i found where they're going and i mean ultimately it just helps the deer yeah, and it's nothing really. bad. It's nothing harmful. And it's the same thing with baiting to an extent. Like, uh, let's say you're you're not baiting. Let's let's call it feeding deer, because starting in January when hunting season's over, the weather gets bad. The food sources are much more limited for deer, and you're helping your herd by throwing corn to them or throwing grain to them of some sort. I mean, look at in Canada they feed them hay. You know what I mean? And so the fact that that we can't help our herds in our own like on our own property is almost asinine to me i mean I just, you know i i don't know the mineral is something that i like i get heated yeah that. i hate that so bad that you can't do that and it's not even like oh it's really helping me out so much right it's just like what's the harm yeah what is it what is it really hurting yep like i get it if there was some chemical or some mineral in there that was harming deer. Okay, ban it. Get rid of that one. I think, if if I'm not mistaken, they did that. And, Zach, you might know. Seems like they did that when 
they brought the elk in because they were afraid that it would pull the elk from other places. They, Is that right? They said it would. Uh, they were worried about uh, CWD starting here and killing oh, and the deer elk. congregating in that area and and spreading to the elk. I read somewhere the, elk. the other day that CWD originated in Colorado. Did you know it that? did, yes. Yeah, that's wild. Man. With elk, or no, it might have been mule deer, because. Um, you know, there's a lot of CWD zones out there. Mm-hmm. Most of them are on the eastern slope. Yeah. But um, I think there's some in there that, like, like so we kill an elk in Colorado. We can't bring any bones. Yes, we can't bring thing. any bones back Skull here. Skull cap and meat. Yeah. And so. hide. You can bring the hide back. Now, in Virginia, is the only state you can't bring it to. So. Really? Mm-hmm. So you can get you a Euro mount back to Kentucky. But uh, the communist wealth. About the time you got over, don't make any sense, boys. Well, it's it's what it is, I guess. I don't know. We need to call the governor. That's what we need to do. Yeah, we'll get old Glenn on the phone. I'm gonna talk. Maybe we could do. Maybe we do a phone interview on the podcast with the governor. I'm curious. So, you know, so we can't mineral any deer here at all. But you can hit them with it up the road in some of these other counties. Look how Lee County. Not even up the road. Yeah, like there's elk there. Next door. Yeah, there's elk there. You know, you can mineral all summer. Montgomery you can County. feed all summer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can you can supplement them all summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, put the horns on them. But it's a song for another time. We're, we're, uh, <laughs> we're winding down with deer season. I tell you, this is the, my second part, favorite part of the season, though. I'll tell you what's First coming part up. is uh, elk prep season dude i've already started so excited like that's gonna bleed through turkey season i'm gonna i'm looking forward to turkey hunting yeah but i'll tell you what i'll be i'll be be thinking about bugling elk as i'm calling the goblin turkeys you know how quick it gets here oh man soon as soon as january hits man it's like right there yeah i can't wait (sighs) too solid oh my gosh i'm ready Six days on. Well, I do. I did talk to uh, Hilton, and I told him the other day that we may alter our departure time. I was like, "What if we left at five a.m.? Let's just leave at five a.m. instead of nine p.m. and just drive all day and do it that way." I don't know. Because if we did that, we would get to Colorado around three in the morning at where, like, say, we went to. North of Kremlin, where we went, we'd get there about three in the morning. Yeah, get you a few hours sleep in the truck, get up and throw your camp up and go hunting. I ain't never done it before. So uh, I don't know. That would be so hard. Y'all you, stop on the way out, or did you drive it straight? No, we drove. Well, I mean, we drove to Denver and stopped, yeah. and then the next evening we made camp, and then tore camp we, three, down. Three hours past Denver. Yeah, about. Me and Helton got to Denver on thirty hours a week. Yeah. So or thirty six hours a week. Yep. So That's we were where I we was were at. we were almost at forty hours, and I slept six hours, and I was right back up like a jack in the box. And yeah. Dad looked over at me. He's like, "What is wrong with you?" Yeah. I said, I'm "Get super, your hiding up. We're going uh, to the mountains." I'm super, <laughs> super excited. We're gonna have to, you know, scout pretty hard because, like, uh, Aaron, I sent Aaron. Well, Aaron went out there, and he was asking mm-hmm. for some areas to go. And I sent him that. I said, "You can go get uh, up, up on this mountain." Off that road. I said, yeah. go up that road, and uh, you'll find you some place. But they had the gate shut. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why. 
I don't know if on, it was fires on uh, the main road. I ain't gonna give too many numbers away. Right, that's was, what I'm saying. Yeah, it was on uh, not the main road. It was off the main road all the way to the top when you took that steep the one we turn camped on? left left handed. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even know if you could go out past it. Might have been burning. I, I don't know. For, it was a green Forest Service gate. Was there a gate there when we were up there? Mm-hmm. That was we shut. walked around it. Not that one. Oh. The one we turned up to go to camp. Oh, yeah, okay. You know the So he could yeah, he could We had get to do the fifteen road. point turn and yeah. the still rotto. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Silverado. They had that blocked off. So where we camped at, we couldn't even have gotten to. Unless you go around back and go around the, you know what I mean? You come in that way? I don't know. Oh, I bet if they had it shut off on that end, they had it shut off on the other end too. I wonder why though. Had to be fire. Probably. You would think. But we'll have to. That might make it all the better for next year. If nobody hunted in there this year. Holy mackerel. Yeah. We ain't ain't the only ones that know that though. I hope we get that same spot. My heart, uh, my heart's pounding right now. Is it? I swear, it's gonna be good. Man. I'm so excited. You got your Garmin. You gonna get you a Garmin or a Zolio? Garmin. I, I looked at that Zolio the other night. I just, yeah. I'm gonna go with the tried and true. Plus, like, like I told you the other night, Steve Speck hunted with the the two, the two all year. He said the antenna's better and you get out better and all that sort of stuff. So I can't I, complain with my. I'm probably gonna a, buy the two. As long as you got a clear view of the sky. I mean, it's like, it's like it's like the uh, inReach Mini. The the original inReach Mini is three hundred, the inReach Mini two is three fifty, and the whatever the one with the bigger screen is is yeah. four. The only thing the Zolio has on them is the the plan is so much cheaper. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm only using the plan through hunting season, really. Yeah. You know, I do. The, I do. <laughs> I tell you what, Rachel looked at it. You know, we got a terrible cell phone service at the house. She was like, "Well, maybe now we can finally make a phone call at the house." <laughs> she, uh, yeah, you need to get you a sat phone. Yeah, we so look at, hey, that's what uh, Dean's Uncle Gary and them, they take a satellite phone. Oh, heck. They sure do. Wow. Because when they go out there, they can, that way they can make phone calls. Right. Um, That'd be convenient. I don't know how much one it is. It's outrageous. I figured Five it bucks a minute. Holy moly. Yeah, it's outrageous. Plus, you got to buy the phone. But um, that little that little thing helps. It's convenient. It yeah. really is. Plus, where we were the other day, I mean, or the other, last year, we were pretty close to cell phone service. We could ride right out and get it, you yeah. know, just a little yeah. ways from camp there. So that one little spot, you could pull, you could pull there and just sit for just a second, and, and you could see all the way to eternity in the daylight from there. Yeah, it's crazy, man. We can put yeah. man, we can put a man on the moon, but we can't put cell phone service in wide open country. I can close my eyes and see it. I swear to God, dude. I, <laughs> I swear. <laughs> I was telling. You know, I ride that van from here to Lee County to work. And I, the guy that I ride with, he hunts a little bit. He's mainly a turkey hunter. Uh, but I talked his ear off about Colorado all the way back from Lee County today. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's uh, it's that I'm time ready, of year. Man. It's, it's prep season. I can't wait. That's, uh, Put we a got string f- on my bow and let her rip. Well, I hope. I wonder if your dad's going to go. You putting a string on your bow? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I thought about buying... I, if Matthews had impressed me, I was probably going to upgrade. But you got a V3X? No, just V3. thinking about getting a V3X. There's too many moving parts on the new one. I'm worried about them. Well, I can tell you this: <laughs> bow looks good. I'm gonna get a chance to fiddle with one pretty soon. Got a guy that's gonna bring one up to tune it and uh, yeah. fool with it. But so get a little bit more hands-on with it. But man, I just. 
seems to me like they just went more heavy on the accessories when you're spending $700 on stabilizers and back bars. I've got about 600 in mine. On stabilizers and back bars? Yeah, they were 250 a piece. I got, yeah, that's crazy. See, that's where you bought you bought them. What they say, they, what they say on the side of them. They say Matthews. On that's the side. exactly right. Because I should have Matthews. Got them it. two bee stingers in there for <laughs> sixty-five, seventy bucks a piece. Yeah. Bought the extra weights. Listen, I'm I'm bougie. twenty dollar, uh, um, shrewd offset and a hundred and ten dollar shrewd back bar mount. So. I keep hoping that we're going. Matthews is going to reach out to us and say, "Hey guys." They ain't. <laughs> if they sent me, man, I don't know. I just don't like the way that new bow looks. I don't like the way they. Well, you made a good point. That rubber in between is going to rot. It's gonna well, you don't up. need it. it. You don't have to have it in there. It's more of a dampening thing. I mean, that, what's between the limbs? The limbs? Work, nothing. The limbs work independently. Right, but the rubber's in between the limbs. It just makes four limbs on the top of your bow instead of two. Correct. Right. And if the rubber's the, gone, that's what I'm saying. There's a space. Right. Just like there's a space between the two limbs on your V3. It, There'll all, be a space between. Uh, right. Right. That's what I'm saying. They, I, I've, I, I agree with you. So what happens I, if it, I, will, I, I'm coming down the mountain and slam that into a pine tree, and all those limbs just go? You no, know, one of them limbs just caves in because it's that wide and it's got room to move toward the other limb. Right. I don't know. I just don't know about That's it. That's not a question for me. That's a question hey, I, for I, I, I Matthew's tell you, engineer. I tell you what, uh, what you what your dad said about him. <laughs> What's that? What kind of broadheads he shoot? Muzzies. <laughs> Matthews bows. <laughs> Muzzy broadheads. I tell Pine you. Mountain Outdoors. If you I ain't shooting them, get you some. I loved it. God love his heart. <laughs> I think we got to end on that. <laughs> That's a good that's a good final resting place there. All right. Later guys. See y'all. All right guys, thanks for stopping by. If you have any comments or any other topics you'd like to hear us cover on our next podcast, leave us a comment or let us know on Instagram. Thank you.